Well, good morning. Welcome to the Allegan Christian Center. How are you doing? My name is uh, Ronnie. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've actually been doing um, since the beginning of the year is we have been, um, you know, just sharing. Uh, in the morning, we do a little Sunday school session, and then we usually have a little bit more of a teaching that kind of goes along some of the things that were, uh, you know, highlighted during the morning sessions. And one of the things that we have really been hitting hard, uh, even before, um, you know, all of the shenanigans that we're faced with in our world today uh, began to happen is we just really felt impressed to uh, start to uh, in, in examine, explore, uh, get uh, the teaching of in him realities in us. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been using a book uh, by Brother Hagen, a little mini book. Some of you um, are very well familiar with that book. Uh, some of you may not be, and it's, you know, it's just one of those mini books you can actually get. It doesn't cost much. I think you can find it now online for like 50 cents or something like that. Or if you're uh, usually going to, uh, you know, a Christian bookstore, if they even exist today, um, you can find it in the little book section, usually over in the charismatic area. Uh, but anyway, um, we have actually been going through that, and to kind of keep, uh, you know, just on the same page as, you know, as with, uh, with Elijah and Pastor Paul, I thought, you know, that I would just roll with that in the beginning of this morning's teaching. This is the first Sunday of April, and so uh, you get to put up with my bad preaching um, this Sunday. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I just want to encourage each and every one of you today is just to, to open up your heart, expect God to speak to you mightily through uh, this time of the service. I believe that God has already uh, touched your heart through worship. And, uh, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to continually move forward. Um, you're going to have to forgive the fact that my eye gets attracted to the upper part of my screen. This is my phone. And for some reason, as soon as I started preaching, everybody seems to either text me or call me. So I'm going to do my best not to get distracted as I as I film this for you. Yes, it is pre-recorded, but I believe that, you know, the Spirit doesn't know no bounds. The Spirit doesn't have bounds. He knows bounds, but the Spirit doesn't have boundaries. The Spirit doesn't have time, a time clock. Um, the word that is coming out of my mouth right now, I believe can be timely and encouraging even where you're at 12 years from now. You know, we're going to look at all of this and we're going to be like, man, I can't believe we got through that. It was so easy you know, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, but without further ado, going to get into this in him realities. Um, and then I'm going to share a message that God has placed on my heart. So let's pray. I'm going to take a swig of coffee. Uh, delicious. <laughs> All right. Well, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, that uh, we are at a place here today, God, where we can gather in your name corporately. We not, might not be uh, in, a, you know, in, a, uh, in a physical uh, form. Uh, we might be distanced apart, but Father, we're able to come together um, to get into your word, to hear what you have to say for us in this day. And Father, we just believe you and thank you, God, that you have a great and awesome plan in all of this stuff. We're not gonna give the devil a single foothold in the shenanigans that he's trying to do in our world today. As a matter of fact, we're going to continue to fight the good fight of faith and continually 
uh, stand up against him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So anyway, you know, Brother Hagen starts off this portion of the In Him Realities with an important scripture that I think that we really need to have a handle on. <clears throat> it's uh, 1 John 4, 4. It says, Greater is he in me than he that is of the world. But, you know, the Brother Hagen kind of brings it out in the King James fashion. He says this, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, and right now we're living in a time today where we are literally being consumed. Our attention is being consumed. There's a lot of uh, attention on fear. There's a lot of attention on sickness, disease, and a lot of that stuff. But I'm here today to tell you that, that God, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But God has given us one of power, one of love, and one of a sound mind. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, 7. You know, and that's the in him reality that we have got to have. That the greater one that is living in us is not a spirit of fear, but is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, this morning I really, <laughs> I was going to not preach at you. I just wanted to, to communicate with you. But, you know, one of the things is, is I believe that we are literally in a state of war. And, you know, just like on a battlefield, you don't just walk up to the enemy and, you know, or, or you don't just walk up to a, you know, a commanding officer doesn't just walk up to an everyday officer and be like, now when you see the enemy approach, you need to make sure that you got the red hairs out so that you can properly do the job in which you're called to do. No, as a matter of fact, a major or a general is going to rise up and he's going to say, men, be on alert. You know, he's going to get black lung. He's going to be fired up, excited, enthusiastic to get your attention where, where it needs to be. And I honestly believe that that's where we've got to be, especially in these times. In these times, our voice has got to out-volume the voice of the enemy. You know, it was a few years ago, and I was introduced to this teaching as I was coming out of a, just a bout of um, just constantly being offended. And I studied this book by uh, Charles Colson, I believe it was, and it was talking about how, you know, how, how God, God and the devil, they, they work kind of in the same fashion as far as they, they, they uh, um, see, they have a source, channel, and intent, okay? And so you can usually tell the source where the source is coming from by the intent. If the intent is death, you can guarantee that the source is not God, it is the devil. But if the, if the intent is to bring us to life and life more abundantly, we know that the source is God. Now, in between the source and the intent are channels. And the interesting thing is that channels are channels. It could be animals, family, people, uh, situations, uh, media. It could be whatever. But the thing is, is the intent is going to reveal the source. And we've got to be about this today that we realize that God is sending out a message of hope. God is trying to channel the victory through individuals that have a revelation of his victory. That's called an in him reality. 
You see, people that, you know, people can't just talk about stuff. People, people who just talk about stuff and never experience anything, they really don't have grounds. And you can usually tell in an individual, somebody that's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got the bumper sticker. And I'm here today to tell you that, that there's something powerful when it comes from experience, not just somebody that's just read a book or, you know, dreamed of it, you know, dreaming and daydreaming and stuff like that. God has got a reality for us. And that reality check, I believe, is happening right in the now. You know, you got to understand this, that you were created for a day such as this. You were created for a day such as this. You know, we are in a place where we get the word in us. And the word isn't just to be in there for us, just to have for ourselves. Uh, the word is given to us so that we can do something with it. Amen? Amen. So one of the things that, you know, Brother Hagin is saying here, he says, you know, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He gives us a confession here and says, because I am in Christ, the greater one lives in me. He is greater than the devil. He is greater than disease. He is greater than circumstances. And he lives in me. You see, that's one of the most amazing things about the in him realities is that in him realities, you confess what you believe. You confess what you believe. And it says that out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Or Jesus said this too, you can tell the condition of a heart what comes out of the heart. It's not what a person puts on their body or wears or eats that defiles them, but what comes out of their heart is what defiles them. And here's the interesting thing is that in life, in life, when, when, the, when the poo hits the fan, <laughs> okay, something's going to get spreaded, all right? We are living in a day-to-day where the poo is literally hitting the fan, and when a, when a grape gets squeezed, juice comes out. What's coming out of you right at this moment? Are you in agreement with fear or are you in agreement with faith? Do you have a picture set out before you of a tomorrow, of a hope, of a future? You see, if you do, if you do have a picture that's out in front of you of a hope and a future, run to that. Run to that because the Bible, the Bible is very encouraging when it starts talking about the matters of faith. Faith is now the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You know, we got to get to a place, folks, in our life where we keep our eyes on the prize, but we remain wise. And I honestly believe that that Matthew 6.33 is a really good place for us to start. Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first God. If God says run, run. But if God says stand, stand in faith, realizing that greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. Brother Hagen goes on to read out this. He says, write out this. Not only are we born of God and partakers of his love, but we have dwelling within us the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. You may be facing some problem which seems impossible. Instead of talking about how impossible it is, 
Look to him who is inside you and say, God is in me now. Your confession of faith will cause him to work on your behalf. He will rise up in you and give you success. The master of creation is in you. Romans 8.37, nay, in all these things, we are more, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. That is your identity. That is who you are in Christ. You've been not given a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy, but one of power, love, and one of a sound mind. You are a victorious one. You are a mighty warrior of valor. You know, there was an individual in the Bible who hid in a wine press. Many of you know that story. And he was, he was hiding in terror. But God sent him a word of encouragement through the voice, and the voice gave him a picture. He said, you are not weak. You are a mighty, mighty warrior of valor. I want you to know this today. Be encouraged with this, that you know what? You might be hiding. It might be a little freaky out there right now, but that is not your identity. Freaky is not your identity. Worried is not your identity. Your identity is you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13 is a really good place for me because it has some personal uh, personal stability for me because there was a time when I really needed some boldness in my life. And many of you know that I've had a lot of different jobs. And one of the craziest jobs I ever had was I was a repo man for Rent-A-Center. Well, one time I had to go and collect payment from one of the biggest drug dealers in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it was really, really creepy. And, uh, you know, so I had to, oh, hello? Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody that's watching this right now, that's Dawn. She has a key to the office. I have the doors locked and she has to run some copies. So we're going to continue <laughs> where we're rolling. <laughs> so anyway, I was a repo man at Rena Center and I had to collect this account. I had to. My employer said, you got to do this. You got to take care of it. You got to handle business. And so I prayed and I said, God, I need your strength right now because this is like one of the largest drug dealers in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I really need your help right now. And so I remember I, I meditated on that scripture, Philippians 4.13. I called up this guy and, and on his, uh, his little voicemail thing, he says, you know what to do. And so very, very boldly, I said, well, obviously you don't because I'm coming to pick up your stuff. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yes, I do. God began to give me boldness. And so I arrived in the downtown area in Kalamazoo and I went to the drug dealer's home. And as I was walking up those stairs, I began to get afraid. And all of a sudden, my overactive imagination took off, and I pictured Rob Schneider jumping out of the bushes, and he says, you can do it. Philippians 4.13, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I, at that moment, boldness rose up in me. I went up those stairs. I knocked on the door, and nobody answered. So I left a tag, and I started to go back to the vehicle. I headed back 
Well, as I was pulling in, he was pulling out. Who is he? The drug dealer was pulling out. I walked in to the, you know, into the store, and my manager walks up to me, and he's just like looking at me, and he says, what did you say to that customer? And I said, well, what do you mean when I said that customer? And he said, he came in, he paid cash for everything, and he was just, you know, he, he was, he was laughing. He says, because he's never had anybody speak to him that bold other than his dad. What did you say? And so I told my employer, I said, well, his answer machine says, you know what to do. And I said, well, obviously you don't because I'm coming to pick up your stuff. I meant business. And he understood that. That's what he shared with my employer. I knew that your, your collector meant business and I came to handle business. It was amazing. My accounts cleared and I was able to, uh, you know, I was able to, I got a bonus that I was able to buy a, a lawnmower that I needed for my yard and long story made short, it turned out good. But here's the thing, I had to have that picture in me. I had to have that revelation in me and God began to create that image in me through his spirit. Greater is he that's in you than he that is of the world. Um, many of you out there probably know who Stephen Furtick is, and he put up something that I thought was so phenomenal that I wanted to share that with you this morning. You know, as we're drawn to the close of this morning's message, you know, I want you to think about what if, what if, what if, okay? You know, there's a lot of people right now, you might be hiding in your home, you might be, you know, praying, oh God, when are you coming? When are you coming? Well, here's the thing. What if it's not time yet? What if it's not over yet? What if, you know, what if right now you are on display for not only your family, but your coworkers, your community? What if you are on display and what you are displaying is how are you gonna react in the time of terror? What if your action is the very thing that inspires somebody to move in to the place that God has created for them? What if it's not over yet? What if your best days are not behind you, your best days are in front of you? What if your best days are in front of you? What if the next season, the season that you've been believing God for, the breakthrough, what if that is right around the corner from this crazy time? What if? What if the devil is a liar? What if the devil is a liar? Well, I don't have to sit there and wonder if he's a liar because I know that he's a liar. I know that if the devil is telling me, like for instance, you got brain cancer, I know I don't have brain cancer. What if the devil says you're gonna die tomorrow? I know that that does not line up with what the scripture says. My father says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has a plan for my life of a hope and a future. I've got a vision. It has not come to pass yet. And I believe that tomorrow, tomorrow is on its way. I believe that. I believe everything within me that this is just a temporary spot in time. And here's the interesting thing, that God does have a plan. God's plan, first and foremost, is for us to get infused 
with his peace, to understand that we are agents of grace. We are agents of grace, and God loves us. God loves you. God loves your neighbor. God loves somebody in, in, in the metro areas. These people that are dealing with, with the, crazy, uh, the crazy effects from the virus right now, God, God has already taken care of that virus. He has. He has. God does have a plan. Well, you might say to me today, well, what about all the people that have died? What about all the people that have, they have died? You know what? There are some things that I, I don't have the answer for. But I can, I can know this, that it's not between you and them, but it's between, you know, them and God. Our most important thing that we really need to be looking at right now is are we projecting a, a, an atmosphere? Are we giving people the opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Yes, death is in, a, in our, our area in abundance. But you want to know something? It has always been in our area in abundance. You know, this is why it's so important for us folks to get out into all the world. This is why it's so important for us to, to present the goodness of God in the land of the living. We know right now, you know, you might be sharpened. You might be spiritually sharpened right now. I can't wait to talk to Jesus now, or I can't wait to talk to somebody about Jesus now. But you want to know something? Our attitude should have always been like that. We shouldn't need a, a crazy, uh, traumatic event like this to encourage us to preach the gospel. We should have been always preaching the gospel. And I know some of you have. I do. You know, and, and I've done ministries and stuff like that, going to the jails, going to the juvies, things like that. Yes, awesome job. <laughs> awesome job, really. But at the same time, we shouldn't wait for a pandemic to proclaim the gospel. We should proclaim, proclaim the gospel when it, when, it, when it feels right and when it doesn't feel right. We should be prepared, be prepared in season and out of season. I hope you didn't take that as a, in a condemning manner because it's not meant to condemn anybody. It's meant to just get us to a place where we wake up, realize that God does have a plan. God does have a plan. You know what? And it's okay. We, we don't always have to have answers. We don't always have to have answers. But we should always be meditating, getting back to the what if. What if everything that you have been through can serve a greater purpose? You want to know something today that people can argue all day long with whether the Bible is true or not. But you want to know something? They can't argue with your testimony. They can't argue with your testimony. There was a couple of years ago and I was uh, I was doing a little thing called in the van. And I, uh, I used it as a, a discipleship tool for our skateboard ministry. And we didn't have Internet. And so we would go to the libraries to to get this stuff uploaded. And uh, <clears throat> I remember uh, going to the library one day in particular, and I had two two of the computers. I had my daughter's homeschool computer, and then I had our personal computer. And um, I walked in, and I had him in the bathroom. And I went in the bathroom, and there was this guy in there, and uh, and he and he says, "Oh, which you know, which one do you need to use, stall or the wall?" And I said, "Well, I'll take the stall because I don't like the stuff splashing back at me." And anyway, we laughed, and I'm sitting there, and we're doing our jobs, and. All of a sudden, he says to me, um, well, what, are you, uh, what are you passionate about? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? What am I passionate about? He says, well, you got two computers. You know, what are you, what are you getting into that you need two computers for? And I says, well, 
I said, uh, and I started to share my testimony. I, I shared it from the point from 9-11 uh, to, uh, you know, and I did it in a timely fashion. Uh, I shared that I was at a place where my wife and I were looking at getting a divorce, but God restored our marriage. God restored our lives. And long story short, he gave us a, a, a purpose. Um, now I do a skateboard ministry, and I'm here to upload some of the stuff that we've been doing and in, uh, in sharing, and I do a thing called In the Van on YouTube. And this is before YouTubers and stuff like that. So, uh, and he, he was quiet. So I, I get out of the bathroom and I look and <clears throat> he's, he's crying. Well, come to find out, he was, a, he was a veteran. He had just gotten back from Iraq, but at the same time, he was a pastor from down south. And when he came home from being over in Iraq, he found out that his, uh, his uh, partner in ministry had shacked up with his wife. And he believed that you know, because he pursued God's purpose for his life, that his life was over, it was destroyed. But something that he picked up in my testimony allowed him to, to open up his eyes and realize that it was the devil that did all of that stuff. It wasn't God. What if everything you have been through can serve a greater purpose? You know, I've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. But what if some of the things that we've been, been we have been through have prepared us for a day such as this? We now have uh, we now have a valid hope. We now have something that we can actually use to restore and encourage one another. Amen. What if a generational curse is being broken through your battle? What if a generational curse is being broken? Through your battle. Yeah, we might be quarantined into our house and locked up and stuff like that in our houses, but what if God is delivering us out of a generational curse of, you know, anxiety? I know that in my family, my, my daughter has anxiety, and I didn't realize I had, you know, uh, you know some, some types of anxiety um, until all of a sudden one day I'm sitting there and, and because of the stress, because of some of the things that I'm, I'm really not, I'm not giving uh, air to it, I'm just dealing with it, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, they're still there. I started getting ringing in my ears uh, and I just started to think about that. And so I was talking to my daughter about that and she says, well, are you stressed? Because anxiety causes ringing in the ears and I didn't realize that. But you know what? My daughter's a smart cookie. She studies these things out. She studies these things out. Well, if I look back in my family history, there are anxieties. You know, I have, I have uh, you know, individuals in my family who self-medicated themselves. I have individuals in my family that, that, that chose to, to uh, pursue alternative lifestyles because of the anxieties, because of the abuse and things like that. But what if a generational curse is being broken through your battle? You know, God does have a plan. God does have a purpose. His plan is peace, overpowering peace that right now is more, uh, more abundant in our situation than we realize. What if God brought you to this place because he's the God of the turnaround and the God of the second chance and the God of a new beginning and the God of a new ending? What if this is our, what if, what if this is one of the greatest moments in our lives that open up to an even greater moment in our life? What if the very thing that God has been preparing you to do is just a hair away? What if, what if? And so, you know, one of the things that I'm just constantly meditating on right now is what's next, God? 
what's next? Because obviously we're going through some sort of a spiritual attack. And in my close, I'm going to close off with these three points of a spiritual attack. I believe that this COVID-19, I believe that it is just a, a, a manifested spiritual attack. And spiritual attack comes because of three reasons. Number one reason spiritual attack can get invoked in your life is when we are growing in the word, when we're growing in the Lord, when we're growing in our word, when we realize that the Bible is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Number two, <clears throat> when we respond to the word in obedience, when we realize that God does have a plan for our lives and his plan is for us to share the gospel, be the gospel, use words when necessary, okay? And then number three, when we become effective and start taking up real estate, when we start advancing the kingdom and changing lives in our community, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our family, when we become active and effective and powered when we start to witness and watch God heal our bodies restore our bodies uh, you know get us out of debt get our focus right where it needs to be what if this is one of those things where God says man it's not over yet it's not over yet your best days are not behind behind you the devil is a liar <laughs> and everything that you have been through everything that you have been through is giving you a valid uh, point in faith where you can believe me for the greater and more uh, more larger things man just think about it think about it God does have a plan in a day such as this second Timothy God has not given us a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Who you are on the inside is not small, but you are more than a conqueror if you're in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can get to tomorrow based on who you are in Christ. God's got a plan. Man, I hope these words encouraged you. I know they encouraged me. I'm excited to go out and just and get the things that, that I need to get taken care of and accomplished. But most of all, I'm ready to advance the kingdom of grace. I'm ready to advance the, the things that God has placed in my life, the, the opportunities that I have, the avenues that I get to go out and show his goodness, whether it's working at the funeral home or positive options or, or being a part of here at the church or just going out in the community and doing some of the things that, that I, I get to do out in the community. Man, God does have a plan in all of this. And what is that for you? That's up to you. Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, I just want to take time to close out this message with a, just a thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that you do have a plan of a hope and a future. And Father, I pray that somebody heard these words today that got encouraged, that got ignited, that got empowered, and are going out into the greater things in which you have called them to. And Father, we just thank you for this time that we got to, to be together, and we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, that's it for my portion 
of uh, the service. So, hey, hang in there. Um, just a real quick reminder, I'm at the church uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I get here about 6.30 a.m., and then um, depending on what I've got during the day, I'm usually here till about 9.30, um, but then I leave, and then I do come back. I'm constantly checking the mailbox and constantly checking the phone. So, hey, um, we're here during those times. If you'd like to drop off anything for the church or, you know, a tithe or an offering, um, you can do that. You can drop it, you know, um, you know in the mailbox, um, and, I, and I will be here um, and just, yeah. So, anyway... Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you later.